welcome to episode 8 of John's Basement. If you're listening tonight on WCOB.live, hello and thank you for being my live audience. If you are not and you're listening to this back on Spotify or however else you might listen to it, hello. And if you're in the future, implying that you're listening back, hey, how's the future going? Um... So yeah, today is going to be a really special episode. I'm actually going to break into a different kind of side of the industry with my interview. I'm going to be interviewing one of my best friends from high school, Noah Marlowe, who's actually a former Broadway actor and still does a lot of acting for film and for theater and all sorts of stuff. And he also has an album for when he was a wee lad that will be played tonight, a song from it, and I'm very excited to do it. But that's later on in the episode. Um... I also have a very eclectic lineup. I'm going to be starting tonight's episode out with this song called Sick on You by an artist that I found through Instagram, actually, called Aphrodisiac. Really awesome dude. I love his his vibe. He's just, he's just got mojo. That's how I would describe it. I completely, completely encourage you to check out his Instagram because that's how I found him, and you will not be disappointed. It is just the way this dude, he's just got style. That like He's like what I, will, like, I wished I could look like that. I really do. He's like the, the blueprint, as Michael would say. Uh, the Real Aphrodisiac. That's how uh, you'll find him on Instagram. This song is called Sick on You. Uh, I really hope you guys like it. It's badass as fuck it's got like this hard rock blues element to it that i love so very much so i'm gonna stop talking and jump right into the song sick on you by aphrodisiac
once again, that was Sick On You by Aphrodisiac, an awesome artist from, I think, the UK now. It says on his Spotify bio that he has set foot on UK soil, but in the little bit of DM exchange that I had with him, he was, in fact, mentioning that he is native to Manhattan, so he's a Manhattanite. So we love that. We love to see some New York City representation on the show. Where I long to be right now as I am stuck in the suburbs awaiting for the pandemic to not exist. Um, I think you guys would love his music. If you like that, you should check him out. The Real Aphrodisiac on Instagram, Aphrodisiac on Spotify, and whatever streaming source that you use and prefer. I'm also going to be doing another New York City representation plug right here so once again this is going to be me plugging kind of my unofficial job um kind of official job uh if you guys aren't aware i work for a program called quadio that is q u a d i o that is a musicians hub for music lovers musicians and anyone else that works in the industry producers photographers videographers whatever you do as long as it's involved music, this is the place for you. It is absolutely 100% free. It is a social service where you can upload your music, comment on people's tracks, like their tracks, see the charts, DM people, all sorts of awesome stuff that you could do basically crossing Instagram and SoundCloud and all sorts of other awesome applications combined into this one huge awesome thing. Uh, it is absolutely free. The only thing you need is a college.edu email address. Throw that in there. Make an account, sign up for free. These podcasts also all go to Quadio. And the reason that I am plugging them so heavily right this second, because this is a forced plug, and I understand that, but I love this program so much. I'm a campus rep for this program, and I absolutely am in love with everything it stands for. Um, The reason that I'm plugging it so hard is actually the next artist that I'm going to be playing is one of my former coworkers from... Quadio, uh, another campus rep from my school, Pace University in New York City. Shout out. Uh, this is a song by my friend Rella, who is an awesome artist, and you guys should absolutely check her out. This is a song called Intervention by Rella. You can find it on Spotify. She has a lot more music up on Quadio, though. So if you are interested in listening to the rest of her discography and you want to get it for absolutely no cost to yourself, do yourself a favor, log on to Quadio's website, either on your phone, you can get the app, or you could do it from a computer. I recommend the computer because it looks so fucking cool. Um, but that's me. I'm partial to the laptop desktop view. Um, check her out. Rella, all you need is a .edu email address. It is absolutely free. Otherwise, you just put that in and you are in the program. And I highly encourage you to check it out. So once again, this song is called Intervention by Rella. It's an act of violence You live in so close to my space Cause every time I wanna be free from you I'm scanning every crowd for your face She's lovely Your girlfriend I mean But I don't want to know her I don't want to know anything Cause I was so in love with you I thought it'd be forever You were 
So once again, that song was called Intervention by my talented friend Drella, who I had formerly just finished working with, actually, at Quadio. The reason that she no longer works with us is because she just graduated college. So if you're listening to this, Sarah, uh, Sarah Baker, as her real name is, um, absolutely proud of you and congratulations for going into the real world. Uh, it's been awesome working with you. And I hope that we have a lot of collaborations, hopefully, in the future with Spitfire Music and your music combined. That would be awesome. Um, thank you for being an awesome campus rep and setting a model for me and Michael and Michaela. More on Michaela in this episode in episodes to come. Uh, not this episode. That was a stupid thing to say. But Michaela will be having her music coming out soon, so I'll, I'll get to her another day. But yeah, um, Rella awesome artist. You should absolutely check her out. She's actually native to the Nashville area in Tennessee, but she went to school in Pace University in New York City with me, and that's how I know her. You should check her out. She's got two songs up on Spotify, but she's got a lot more on Quadio, so if you get the chance, sign on to Quadio. Absolutely free. Use your college.edu email address, and you can listen to the rest of her music. Um, Congrats, Sarah, on your music and on your graduation. And graduating in 2020 is a little weird right now, so or will be weird forever, I guess. But you did it, and that's awesome. That's something to absolutely be proud of, and congrats. This is going to bring me to my interview segment. Following that will be the song by my interviewee, and I am so excited for this one. I genuinely, I hope you can hear the joy in my voice and how excited I am to do this interview. I am about to interview... My very talented friend from high school, Noah, very talented guy. He was on Broadway as a kid in some notable musicals such as Mary Poppins. He did the national tour of Elf the Musical and Act One. Um, I'm so excited. This is going to be a pretty big uh, genre jump going from a UK blues hard rock artist to a solo Nashville uh a Nashville native artist, and now it's going to be some Broadway-esque stuff. Uh, but yes, we got some connections in this motherfucking house. Uh, I'm so excited. Uh, I hope you guys are excited. So I'm going to jump right into this interview. I'm going to be interviewing Noah Noge Marlowe. Go rolling. Hello, everyone. I'm joined here in my basement podcast episode with my very talented best friend from high school, Noah Noge Marlowe. Noah, have you had anything to say to our viewers? Hey guys, I'm, uh, I'm so happy and honored to be here, John. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for doing this. So my, my I'm, pleasure. I'm going to put a disclaimer on, uh, on the, the worldwide internet radio saying that if you're going to listen to Noah's song directly after this interview, you will notice a drastic difference in the the tone of Noah's voice. Uh, Noah, how old were you when we when you recorded um, Inventions of the Mind? Oh my, I was. Um, I'm trying to think. I I think I was in eighth grade. Wow. So that would make me like thirteen, fourteen. Shit. Yeah, I would say I would probably say twelve, thirteen, fourteen. That's amazing. And you, that's definitely sooner before I had music out there. So you were really the first one, the first <laughs> suffer night to, to have recorded music out there. <laughs> um, so basically, so this is going to be fun. I'm, I'm interested with this one because you're a, a bit of a genre jump for this podcast. Previously, it's been mostly like rock stuff. So you've done more stuff with, uh, with the theater world. So what was it like, like getting into theater and anything that you have to say about your time on those shows? Yeah, sure. I mean, it was, it was amazing. So um, my sister, um, it all starts sort of with my sister. And when she was younger, um, she tried sports and um, it did not work at all. And uh, her friend play, her friend uh, recommended a vocal coach for her. Um, and her friend, my sister didn't know this at the time, was uh, on the national tour of Les Mis as young Cosette. Oh shit. And so, but my, my, you know, my dad and my sister didn't know this. And we went to this vocal coach who was like a professional vocal coach. And she sent my sister out on auditions and um, my sister started auditioning and then she found an agent. And when I was younger, I also, uh, I played, I also played sports and 
I was like fine. Nothing like nothing to, you know, I wasn't awful, but um, I would always sit and watch my sister's rehearsals for her shows. And I would like secretly like learn the lines in my head just from like watching and stuff. And, um, and I never really wanted to do it um, when I was much younger because no other kids around me did it. It was just not a, you know, not a thing. Um, but then I got into it and I got the same agent that my sister did and I got sent out on my auditions and stuff. And, um, I, you know, I did a few regional theater shows, but even when I was auditioning, I wasn't like super auditioning all the time. And then I had auditioned for Mary Poppins like four times. Um, and then I, um, you know, I would just, they kept calling me in and I was like, they never cast me. And I was like, it's just not going to happen. It's, you know, it's just, and then finally I was on, I was visiting my sister when she was performing on tour and they called me in again. And I was like, I, I almost said no. Cause I didn't, you know, I, I was like, I, I don't think they want me, you know, I just, I like, I just didn't think they wanted me. And then I went in and the rest is history. <laughs> no, that's all. That's an awesome story. So like, so you went from Mary Poppins and then after Mary Poppins ended was Elf next? Yeah. So I did like, I think, yeah. So I'm trying to think of the time frame Cause I, in between like Mary Poppins and Elf, I also like did some like original productions. Like I did um, the original production of Fun Home at the public theater, like before it went to Broadway and I did Holiday Inn at the Goodspeed Opera House. And then I, and then I went on tour with Elf and I did other shows in between there and whatever. And then after Elf, I did Act One. So I want to ask about the Smut Locker. What was the Smut Locker? Oh my, yes, yes. So I, like in between those big, like, you know, big po- checkpoints in my timeline, like Elf and Holiday Inn and Fun Home and all that, like I was also part of like smaller productions and also um, films. So I um, was approached by this um director who um was filming like his nyu film like thesis and whatever and um i was so i was super excited and it was a short it was my first time ever doing anything really on camera um and i was just thrilled and the actress who plays um miss mazel was in the film that we did before she was before i like I knew who she was. Like I never had any scenes with her, but I had no idea. And then I watched Miss Maisel and I was like, Oh my God, that's her. And so, but yeah, no, it was like an NYU, like independent film. And it was a few days and it was such a blast. Seriously. I had a great experience with that. That's awesome, man. So you have a pretty impressive uh, artistic resume and you're also my age as being just finishing our freshman year of college. So you go to school for, for theater. So anything uh, you want to say about the program and where you go? Sure. Yeah. I, so I, I uh, currently am studying at the Boston Conservatory at Berkeley. Um, Berkeley and Boston Conservatory used to be two different schools, but then like, I think it was two or three years ago, they merged. Um, And yeah, I mean, it's, it's great. I am taking um, acting classes and, and, you know, voice and speech classes, which, which is all about like working on, letting go of certain like habits that are built into your body just from like being alive and stuff and just like releasing, which is like something you never realize like you need until like you go through the class, you know? Um, But yeah, I mean, it's, it's great. Yeah. That's where I'm going. (laughs) (laughs) So let's go to our high school days. So yes, sir. Comparatively, just for anyone who might be listening to this, who's still in high school or, did high school theater how does at least in Suffern because Suffern I would like to say is definitely more over the top school with our theater department but how would you say it compares being in like a musical for our high school level versus like the productions that you would do in Broadway what are like the similarities and what's super different um well Suffern like first of all can't thank Suffern enough like Suffern productions were just like above and beyond like normal school productions just in terms of like you know production value and just like we had a lot of amazingly talented um people including your host right now um and and it was just amazing like and lots of similar stuff like 
Um, I'm trying to think. Well, I mean, uh, so many similar things. Like you had a deadline of like when you should, depending on the production, but you had a deadline of like when you had to know your lines. And um, there were big group music rehearsals and then they would absolutely, I mean, you know, calls were very similar at school. Like you, you know, certain characters would be called for certain days and certain times to learn certain like music parts and all that kind of stuff. Um, different, different stuff is like kind of obvious, you know, like, um, there wouldn't be like massive dressing rooms. Well, our, I should say this, our cast was the biggest cast, like was the Suffern production. Um, a lot, like I've never been in a production with that many kids. Like it was crazy. And the, and that was, you know, one of the amazing things about what Suffern did was that they didn't turn anyone away. Um, and it was amazing because, you know, it, it's a risk doing that because not everyone is, you know, into theater and what, whatnot. And sometimes they're just there to hang out with their friends and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and what was amazing was Schwartz, Randall Schwartz, who directed our productions and Allison Meyer and Peter Kincaid and all them, they like were able to take kids who weren't necessarily like going to be musicians in the future and put them in a production and like make it awesome. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean, I think, because I mean, that's kind of where I came from when, when we used to do those shows too. I had only done Bye Bye Birdie in Suffern Middle School as Hugo, which was a, a part that didn't even have any like songs. Like I remember being told to audition cause I sing cause I had fracture at the time. And I was like, all right, I'll give it a shot. It's not like anything I've done before. And I got a part that had no singing parts. So I was like, maybe this isn't for me, but I remember trying out for into the woods too. And being super shocked when I got like a named role in the understudy cast with a song. I was like, this is crazy. And I, I really, I think that is awesome. It's very special because, I mean, if, if not for, for that freshman audition where I had no prior theater experience, really, um, getting a part for that made me want to do it for the rest of high school. And I got a lot of uh, exposure and experience to a totally different world in, in the music realm and the acting realm. And I think that's so cool. It's super special. Mm -hmm. um, and considering that we did, so what, what were the shows we did in high school? We did Into the Woods, Fiddler on the Roof, uh, chess the musical and finished it off with phantom of the opera so counting those but also taking into account all of the parts that you've played um in broadway shows and in touring shows on the theater side what would you say is your favorite part that you've gotten to play um my favorite part that i've gotten to play was probably um michael and elf elf was just a blast like just everything like um, you know, with Elf, like I would li literally eat spaghetti and syrup every night on stage for the show, every single night. And like, just the cast was fun and everything about that show was amazing. Um, in terms of Suffer, I know you said like all together, but also like in terms of Suffer shows, I would probably say Phantom was like the best, like my favorite experience, I should say. That was a crazy production to do. I'm so glad we got to do that, especially yeah. as a senior show. I remember that callback. I'll always remember that callback because that was like such a surreal night for so many reasons. Because I mean, it's funny because I remember I got that part in freshman year, but I didn't get a callback. So I thought I was just going to get ensemble, which I was like prepared to accept because I'm like, I'm a freshman. I'm probably just going to get ensemble. Um, so also, this, this is going to be a note to anyone who does theater. It really doesn't mean shit if you don't get a callback. Um, you could still get a part because that happened to me and I got I loved my part I really did I had a lot of fun with uh, Mysterious Man you were excellent thank you uh, you were an excellent baker um, <laughs> and uh, I just I remember though uh, I ended up getting a call back for Fiddler and I think I got a call back for Chess too and it was very different than the Phantom one because I mean they had us do basically everything every song they had prepared for callbacks everybody sang but I remember for Phantom it came down to you and me so if anyone uh, is not native to Suffern or isn't familiar with their theater program and the shows that we've done, um, in our senior year, Noah and I were in Phantom of the Opera together. Noah playing the Phantom, as he just said, and I was playing Ral, which is the other male lead. So it was really funny because they had us do this callback and there was a bunch of people like that were super talented that we were competing with. And I was like, all right, this person is a competitor and this person's a competitor. And competitor is probably not the best word because I don't think 
music and art should be as competitive. I think it should be more constructive. But um, I remember they had like five songs prepared, but the only songs that they had you and me sing were the songs for Phantom and the songs for Ral. And they had songs for Pianji and um, they had songs, I think, for the managers too. And I just remember they had everyone but the two of us sing those songs. And I'm like, all right, it's definitely going to come down to one of us is getting Ral and one of us is getting Phantom. And I just think that was like, from there on, it was just an awesome experience. I mean, working with you as a co-star is awesome because, I mean, you have so much experience. So it was really surreal getting to work with someone who's like actually been on Broadway. And that was someone that I was sharing the stage with. And I'm grateful for that. Um, it's really Thanks, special man. because it's, I, I'll always say that being in productions with you throughout high school has always, for me personally, forced me to want to try harder because I know for any production that I'm auditioning for, you're auditioning for too. And we have similar vocal ranges. I would say you definitely have a higher tenor range and I have a lower maybe baritone range. But um, knowing that you have such a strong voice and such like charisma when you act, it forced me to want to get better so I could at least share the stage with you. And I'm glad that that paid off in our senior show because that was an awesome experience that I will always treasure for the rest of my career and life. Same, man. I appreciate you saying that. And like, I just want to, you know, also say I've learned so much from being in productions with you as well. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm always learning and it was awesome just like going through the journey with you. And I don't know, I just like exactly what I said, like, I just have learned so much from you and the way that you sang and the way you approached um, all your work with such professionalism and um, you have, you know, from being a performer, you know, in like concerts and from doing all that stuff, like you had an amazing stage presence. And so, you know, even I appreciate you saying that, like, even though I, I you know, I have a lot of, I have been fortunate and I've had a lot of professional experience, like I'm constantly learning and, you know, I, I was absolutely, you were absolutely one of the people I learned a, a quite a lot from as well. I appreciate you saying that. It makes me very happy to know. Um, so, oh, what was the next question I had in my head? I just had it. Ah, okay. So, okay. All right. I, I do have another question. Um, you did a commercial when you were a kid, right? And that recently started airing. So talk about that. I really want to hear more about that commercial. Yeah. So, um, a while ago I did like, um, my dad, it wasn't even through my agent. My dad knew, knew someone who, um, who knew someone it was like one of those kind of things and they were doing a, a commercial for Uncle Ben's rice and you know I, I really wasn't sure what to expect um, it was you know I had a blast recording it and whatnot and it, and you guys you know have seen it's the old rice commercial you ever, you'll ever see um, at least now and it was it's like this cartoon father and son and they're doing all this kind of stuff and they're singing, um, I forget the name of the song, but I got to, I did like the backup harmony vocals for it. And, um, you know, I got, you know, it was a paid job and I was, I was very excited and I didn't really know what would come of it. You know, it was rice and I, you know, I had watched TV and I never saw any rice commercials like ever. It was just like, I thought this would, you know, play a few times and I had, I, I just was doing it really for the experience and stuff. And then it like played all the time like literally the it because like rice is such a niche market like you don't need to constantly be recording new commercials like in terms of like products like insurance like geico and all those other kind of stuff like they're always filtering through different commercials but when rice is like a staple so they had the same commercial running forever and so i i you know would get checks and get paid fortunately enough for like that and it was just like mind blowing because like people would like my family members would like see the commercial and I'd be like, Oh my God, that's freaking insane. And that's a, that's so cool. Like it started, it, it had like a little pause. Right. And then it like last summer, I think it started showing up like all over the place again. Yeah. It was, it was playing like regularly, um, you know, after it had been recorded and stuff. And then, um, you know, with, usually with commercials, like you expect them to fade out, but because it was, it, it just kept playing. And like, I was like, oh my, this is ridiculous. I had no idea that this would happen. That's like, I feel like 
commercials are probably like one of the best paid gigs you can get as an actor right because like usually like in rotation that's just like easy money that keeps going yeah i mean it it just like it was so fun i've had you know that was one of like my most fun experiences also and like you know i wasn't even in that like i was my voice was in it but you couldn't see me so like as an actor it was also super fun and like just performer because there wasn't a lot of acting but it was like it was awesome to like get to experience voice work as well. You do some of that in college too, right? Don't you have to take classes on voice work? Yes. So not, um, not so much freshman year, but like I know sophomore year, there's a class that I'm taking. It's another part of voice and speech that deals with like um, dialects. So like, and uh, you know, there's also um, different classes I can take later on. That's like acting for the camera and, you know, voiceover acting, which is super exciting because I love, you know, I love that kind of stuff. And yeah. So further down the line, what would you say is like your, your goal for as far as your career? Like what would be your, like your dream gig to do for, for like a long prolonged period of time? I would love to, you know, just keep working as an actor, keep working um, professionally. And, and, you know, I like, I don't have one single goal it's really just to like be in the field working and like finding different new and exciting like project projects whether it's like broadway shows you know knock on wood um you know voiceovers commercials uh you know films and off, or off broadway shows like any really anything i would just love to be a part of and connected you know what would you say if anything like you're you're more drawn to do you enjoy doing theater more or do you enjoy doing stuff for film more or is it about the same I definitely say I'm probably drawn to theater more um, just cause like, it, I feel like it's like, you know, there's so much thrill to live things. Like I know, you know that, especially like, cause like with your band and, and all that kind of stuff. And from having done like the school shows, like just the element of like doing a live performance, like there's so much stakes and it's just so exciting. Um, so I'd probably say that, but I mean, there's so much, there's so many things that are special about film too, you know? For sure. And uh, honestly, this is an awesome interview. It's like so much just jam-packed, like right into this. I love this. Um, so the last segment that I'm going to have you talk about a little bit is, um, do you have any fond memories of the recording process for Inventions of the Mind? How did that go? How did that come about? What was it like working on that album? Yeah, man. So uh, so it all started, I, I was for, it was like a sort of a long journey, but I was a part of an operatic musical called I'm Harvey Milk. Um, and I, that was real. And I got to play young Harvey Milk. And that was one of the most meaningful experiences ever. Um, and there was a, you know, a short clip on YouTube and I was a boy soprano. So like, I was just like singing like super high, you know, before my voice changed and all that. And um, this producer commented on my, on a, on the, a YouTube video. And then reach and you know ask where that you could find me and reach out to my agent and myself, and um, he asked me if I could record for him, and he was a you know a, a I think it was like a like a Grammy nominated or so, something like that. He was just very like he's a well known guy and um, producer and writer. And I did a first I did a, a sort of like religious album with him um, called like Miracle of Faith or, or something like that. Um, and you know, I'm Jewish, but I, you know, it didn't really matter. I, you know, I was just singing the songs and it was so amazing just like recording in a studio and like it, and he was so, um, focused and, and so, you know, encouraging. And I loved that. And then he was so complimentary of my voice, uh, during that time. And he said, I want you to have an album that, you know, is pre that preserves your voice before it changed and that you can show your kids when you get older. And he said, he sat me down and he was so nice. He sat me down and said, this, he said, I want you to like preserve the, like this part of your voice and then have an album that you can show your kids. I said, okay. And so for about a year I recorded an album and worked with him on like doing covers and also creating original songs. Um, and it was amazing. And it was, it was interesting. Like the process was definitely, a transition because my voice was starting to change like halfway through the recording process. So like, depending on the day, like I was singing, like I normally would like boy soprano land. And then the other days would be like 
risky. <laughs> um, but I mean, so, you know, that was fun, but I am so thankful because like, yes, some of the songs are like wild and kind of kooky. Um, but I'm so thankful that like that part of that part of my artistic journey is like documented. And so that way, like, even though I, you know, we always laugh and like giggle, like I can show people that. And like, that was me at some point. And I think that's so cool. That is awesome. And that's going to just about conclude our time for this. So Noah, thank you for doing this amazing interview. Thank you, John. Uh, Thank you so much. And if you're still here and I hope you will be uh, when this is live. And also if you're just listening to this on Spotify or on Quadio or wherever else you might be listening to this. uh, The next song that you're going to hear is our final song for the plugged artist section. It is welcome to the revolution by Noah Marlowe. It is my favorite song off the whole album. (laughs) I genuinely mean that. And Noah, thank you so much for your time. Um, And I hope we could do this again sometime. Absolutely. Thank you, John. I had so much fun. People, people, we got a problem here. Some of us are still living in the dark ages. We gotta grow up. abused that power so wives, police brutality, child abuse, war we ain't gonna stand for it no more no we ain't gonna stand for it no more welcome to the revolution welcome to the revolution
You just listened to my interview with Noah Marlowe. Uh, that was an awesome interview. I will say that. I really enjoyed that one. And Noah's an awesome person. Um, it took us a while to get close, but by the senior year of our high school time, we were very close, and we still are to this day. Um, Noah's such, he's such a sweet person, and I'll never forget, I mean, going back to like our time with doing theater together when we were in high school, um, it was during, I think, our last Hell Week rehearsal um, for Tech Week. If if you're not familiar to theater, Tech Week, Hell Week, um, that's basically, that's when the show all starts to come together. And they call it Hell Week because uh, it, it feels like hell sometimes. Uh, you have to show up on the weekends really early. Uh, I remember, I think I had to be there on Sundays for like three weeks about before the show, which isn't really even Hell Week starting it. That's just the Sunday rehearsals we did. But I would get there at like 9 a.m., start working, and I would leave by like 7 p.m., 8 p.m. And that that's like a longer day than I do in like recording studios when I'm working on my albums and stuff like that. So it's a very different experience, but it's a cool experience nonetheless, and I'm really glad that I got to do it. But I remember... Um, my running joke for high school was that I never had a birthday in high school because my birthday always fell on either opening night or the second or the third night of the musicals that we used to do. So, and I was fine with that because, I mean, I personally don't really view birthdays as a huge deal, but, um, it was kind of, it was for me, that was an awesome way of celebrating my birthday. I got to go on stage and I got to perform. Uh, so every year... The musicals fell on my birthday to some degree, and I always made that joke. And then the senior year came around, and we were doing it a week later that year. So I was like, oh my god, I'm finally going to get like a birthday. And then I realized that my birthday fell on a Sunday in my senior year. So that meant that my birthday that I was so excited to have was actually spent on like the longest day of that hell week. But... It wasn't a bad day by any means. I, I very much enjoyed it, and I loved the show that we did. We were doing Phantom, and I got to play Ral, and that was a really fun show, and I remember Noah remembering that it was my birthday and not letting me have a sucky birthday for sure. He showed up around 9 o'clock, same time that I had to show up because we were called earlier, and uh, he showed up with like a whole box of munchkins from Dunkin' Donuts, and he said, Happy birthday. And it was just, like, the sweetest gesture. Like, I just, I, to this day, I will remember that. And he's just, he's a great guy. And doing a show with him, especially, is such a, it's a, it's a pleasure. And he's so professional. And he's so talented. Uh, and I'm really glad that, that we're still so close after high school ended. Because a lot of people are like, well, you never know who you're going to talk to after high school ends. And that always scared me. Because I, I had a really solid friend circle with, with Michael and with Noah and I have another friend who's uh, doing theater who is kind of in this circle named Sam, who's awesome. He goes to, uh, I always butcher the name of the school, Point Park University in Pittsburgh. And uh, he also goes for theater and another fantastic actor um, who I might get on this show another time. Maybe I'll do like a group interview thing. That would be pretty fun. Um, so it's really cool. I had like this really solid circle of like three super close friends who were all going into performance at some level Michael and I were always planning on being in a band together and Noah and Sam were going off to to pursue acting more and doing theater and it's really cool um I feel like that made my high school experience very different than a lot of people who especially would go to like a public school I didn't go to a private school I didn't go to an art school I went to just a literally typical public high school and I had a really great experience there I got to do a lot of music and this is this is a big um shout out to my high school Suffern High School in Rockland New York um doing the music department I mean I, I did chorus there for three years I did guitar for a year um and I, I did the musicals every single year that we had one all four years and I did the plays too so I mean if it weren't for my high school's department of arts and stuff, um, I wouldn't be so into doing the things that I do today. And granted, I would have still been playing music, I would have still been performing in concerts, but I would have had a very different level of knowledge, because, I mean, you can never have too much information in your head. You can never stop learning. That's the beautiful thing about anything in any craft. But I feel like with entertaining, that craft is just ever going, and 
there's like you can read a million books about being an entertainer and being a an actor and being a singer or performer and each book will probably have something different in it and that's the crazy thing cuz people are still finding different ways to engage an audience and that'll never stop so especially right now i mean we're living in a very historic time with the pandemic and i mean whether or not it's as good as live theater i don't think a zoom concert will ever hold a candle to that but it is something that is cool and it's innovative and i think that when this world starts to finally calm down and when it's safe for people to go out i think we're going to see a never before level um of just people who want to go out and appreciate live performances whether it's theater or whether it's concerts and it's it sucks right now, but I really do think that it's going to be such a, a game changer once we get out of this whole mess and into a new, a new, really a new generation of performance and entertainment for any form of art, but especially live art. So this has been a very long-winded way of me saying uh, thank you, Noah, for not only being my friend, but for also being the reason that I've always pushed myself so hard to to get better at what it is that I do. Um, I'm going to go into the final song for today, which is my song. I'm going to plug, you know, we plugged Dance last week. We're going to plug Sunset Skies again. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, hope you guys have a lovely rest of your night. If you're watching this in the future, I hope you're having a good day. And I will see you guys later. I'm going to play myself out.